We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Alexander. McCollum staying with him. Spins, gets inside. Left handed off the glass. Oh, what a sweet move. Giddy, tough spot. Back door. What a pass. What a play. And Jada picks the pocket of Trey Young. He'll take it himself. This is Lugart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up, Thunder fans, and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, post-game podcast edition yet again, as we are here Monday evening after the Thunder beat the the Red Hot Atlanta Hawks. They've been playing really well. They The Thunder ended up beating the Hawks 126-117 to in a very fun game, and Shea's return from a knee injury. Uh, before we get any further, we are probably part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and if you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and leave us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate that. Uh, we were red hot last year. We'd love to see those go back up. So be sure to leave us a five-star rating. Uh, and you can find us anywhere you, on social media. We mentioned this so many different times. It's not like a broken record. Twitter, or I guess X, whatever. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Blue Sky, you name it. Uh, threads, you name it. We're there. I am your host for tonight, Taylor Peterson. I'm excited to get to break down a very fun game. And I am joined by none other than my brother, my blood brother, Literally my brother. Uh, and the poster boy of the Thunder fandom plastered all over social media and, and the arena and all those different kinds of things. Hayden Peterson. Hayden, how's it going? Unfortunately, I was not the Michelob Ultra fan of the game tonight, but I'm looking to get back to it. <laughs> well, hey, I uh, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, just really quickly, talk to us about that that game. Friday night, you were in attendance for the Thunder's first ever in-season tournament game i always want to say uh playing game in-season tournament game with the new court you you won the giveaway with michelob ultra for the the whatever you call it is it the like michelob ultra lounge what they, they called call it that? like a vip fan experience but it's super okay. cool they brought so us down on the floor talk, for warm yeah ups. talk to us a little bit about it um so i got to watch steph warm up and all thunder players then we got free dinner in the courtside pub which is super cool because you can watch all the visiting team literally walk out in front of you as you're eating. Um, after that, I got to go back on the court for a little bit, and then we got lower bowl seats for the game, got on the Jumbotron. It was a pretty cool experience. 
That's awesome. Very, very cool. Um, so Hayden, unfortunately, they lost that game on Friday, but fortunately they won the game tonight, even though you weren't in attendance. We have a lot to break down here. Just really quickly, my big takeaways, and we'll we'll dive into them into some detail. Thunder route rebounded yet again, 59 to 49. Giddy struggles continue. We'll dive into Giddy's performance, although I thought he was impactful uh, in, in certain stretches of the game. Stellar defensive performance from OKC, especially against some elite guards in uh, Murray and and Trey Young. Trey Young's return to to OKC, Norman, you know, the OKC Metro. Offense was humming through three quarters. Fourth quarter, it trailed off. We'll get into that some, but overall, a really stellar performance uh, offensively by the OKC Thunder. Dort continues to flourish in his role. And then my last one is Kaysen Wallace is damn good as a rookie. Hayden, just really quickly before we get any further, just your overall thoughts after watching tonight's game, maybe even just these first seven games uh, of the Thunder. Yeah, a lot of the big takeaways that you mentioned are what I thought of tonight as well. But tonight specifically, I really liked the rotations. I texted you that earlier, but that kind of seemed like it was a little bit tuned up, like Michich didn't get any minutes. Um, Oos had limited minutes. He did come back in the second half, and he he played pretty good. But um, that was one takeaway I, I liked from that game. And then the other one was Giddy struggled at the beginning, but... Uh, it was the end of the third quarter. He picked it up and kind of started looking just to, it looked like he was in the flow of the game at the beginning of that game. He just, he was having a hard time just getting into the flow of it. And it was almost hard to watch because he's just forcing things and he didn't look like he was in flow with the rest of the team, which is a little bit concerning, but he ended the game on a, on a higher note. Yeah, no, I, I think that's definitely fair. Uh, like I said, we're going to get into detail on, on those big takeaways, but just really quickly, some pregame notes. Shea was back from his knee injury. Uh, which was awesome. <laughs> no minutes restriction either. Like he was ready to go. Uh, Dignall mentioned that pregame that he wasn't going to have a minutes restriction. And honestly, he played a lot of minutes. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of found that interesting to your point about rotations, Hayden. I've talked a lot about the first six games. We saw kind of Dub coming in there as the the lead playmaker, I think is what I would call it, with that second unit. Tonight, that wasn't actually the case. Uh, they kind of mixed it in. Right, Shea kind of overlapped there with the the first and second unit a lot more than we've seen so far this season. And we also saw like Josh Giddy come in there in this in the second quarter with Chet Holmgren rather than just Dub. I thought it was a, a, a lot more effective. But to your point, the rotations were a lot more tight as well. I guess just really quickly, this wasn't a takeaway of mine. Um, but when we are, sorry, I'm on the ESPN app and not my my usual go-to app because ESPN is way more accurate. Uh, but because of that, I am struggling a little bit. Here we go. <laughs> so minutes. Uh, when we're looking at the bench, Jay Will had 13 minutes. Usman Jang had 10. Isaiah Joe had 20. Wiggins only had seven, although he was the first sub off the bench, although he was pulled really quickly. Uh, and then Kaysen Wallace led all players off the bench with 24. Again, we'll get into that with Kaysen Wallace, but it was a tire rotation tonight, I think, to your point, Hayden. I found that really interesting. Yeah. No, I, sorry, I was looking at the notes. Um, no, I thought that was I thought that was really good, and I'm, I'm kind of glad Mark got into that. It was a little bit less experimenting tonight, it seemed like. I'm sure that he's going to be right back at it, so I don't think that's a big takeaway from tonight. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised next week if we're talking about Micic getting more minutes in Kaysen or something like that. But um, in my in my opinion, 
it definitely was a tighter rotation. I think this is kind of a closer rotation to what it would be like later on in the season plus Kenrich. So um, I was a fan of that tonight for sure. I agree. Uh, less minutes for Usman Jang, which again, I think you and I are kind of split on. It makes a lot of sense right now. Like it, if you're trying to win a game, I get it. Uh, I also understand them investing in Usman and uh, the minutes that I think he'll see early on throughout the, you know, this, this first 20 game sample size, if you want to call it that, uh, but less Usman tonight and then no Michich at all. Like that's just something else to keep in mind, uh, much less some of the other players uh, that didn't get time either. So yeah, the, the rotations were certainly interesting. Maybe a kind of a, a pre theme, before we get into the bigger ones, the the only other thing I wanted to mention, I actually mentioned, I mentioned, I actually meant to mention this at the top of the podcast. The Thunder led the entirety of the game. Now, obviously, the fourth quarter they let the the Hawks come back, which you don't really love to see. But all that being said, uh, with a, such a young team, uh, still inexperienced based off that youth, the fact that they were able to weather that storm, weather that comeback by a really good team in Atlanta Hawks, who have been playing really well this season. I think was really important. Uh, just quickly, it, it wasn't sure. Like, what are your thoughts on uh, the Thunder leading the entire game, even if they did kind of let the Hawks come back there a bit in the fourth? Yeah, no, they they looked really good the whole game. The Hawks did shoot pretty bad in the first couple quarters, which obviously helped us get that lead. But again, offensively, we looked great for the first two and a half quarters, really th- full three quarters. Everybody's moving around. First quarter, Shea kind of laid back a little bit especially with the first group and let um, other people get involved, especially Chet. It seemed like Chet was more involved in the offense, um, especially after the first quarter more this game, um, which I think paid its dividends. It, it looked good. I agree. Uh, and this is something I mentioned uh, yesterday, uh, our group podcast on Sunday, and even throughout some of the post games last week, just Chet seems to be getting involved early, but it's almost like, they go away from him some. He also still trying to get conditioning under him. I, I like to see a little more, uh, a little more opportunity for Chet throughout the rest of the game after the, that first quarter. Uh, but let's just go ahead and get into some of these themes because we'll be talking about Chet here. Hayden, I always like to break things down into negatives and positives. You almost always hear positives and negatives. I like to start with the negatives, ends with end with the positives, end with the positive note, especially on a game like tonight. That's really exciting where the Thunder pull off a really great win. So let's go ahead and start with these negatives. Like I mentioned, the Thunder were out rebounded yet again. This is a thing we've seen so much. We talked a lot about this on the group podcast Sunday. Thunder were out rebounded 59 to 49 tonight by the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, the Thunder actually had more defense rebounds, which I think is really uh, important to mention here. Uh, they had more, let's see, they out rebounded. The Hawks on defensive rebounds, 25 to 11. That's fantastic. However, uh, wait, did I mess that up? No, sorry. Okay, yes. The Thunder actually had more defensive rebounds. I I just read my notes wrong. Had more defensive rebounds than the Hawks, but they lost the offensive rebound, 25 to 11. That's what I was getting at. Uh, Again, the offensive rebounds just continue to be killer for OKC. They outshot, or sorry, they, they were outshot again, 102 to 95. The Hawks had 102 shot attempts to the Thunder's 95. And that all goes back to those rebounds that we mentioned, the rebound discrepancy. This is becoming a theme. And I thought uh, Jacob and I were texting. He he was at the game again today, and uh, we were texting after the game. And I thought he brought up a really good point. If the Thunder complete defensive possessions with rebounds, they win this game by 30. And honestly, it's not that much of an an exaggeration. See if I can pull up this stat here. Um, But regardless, Hayden, your thoughts on the Thunder's rebounding, issues and woes that they've seen so far early in the season and and how can they fix that where where does that come from is it i mean everybody wants to talk about a trade for a big man but 
how does this Thunder team as currently constructed improve on that end? I think it's really just coming down to the guards crashing the glass a little bit more. And tonight, it seemed like to me, at least Lou really was making an emphasis on crashing the glass hard. I don't know if you noticed that. There's still a couple times when it drove me nuts, but they'd get in there and they'd get their hands on the ball and just fumble it around. <laughs> but they, I mean, I thought it was a lot better. Again, obviously they got out rebounded on the offensive end, but it seems like Mark's making an emphasis of it um, in his game plan. So going forward, I think it'll be a little better. But again, with your size, you're playing the small starting lineup. You're going to be giving up the rebounds all, all year long. So as long as it gets better, I don't think it's anything to really worry about, but um, definitely something to pay attention to. Yeah, no, I, so this is actually a screenshot that I, I, I was looking for points um, off those rebound opportunities. And again, that's something I'd have to go to like NBA stats for and on a post game. Uh, <laughs> I don't really have the time to do that, but this is a, a screenshot of, of a tweet from Alex Spears on Twitter. Uh, and again, this was still like while the game was going on, Elena had 22 offensive rebounds at that point, but the most OKC had ever given up in franchise history is 25 offensive rebounds. And looking at the final box score here, uh, like I mentioned earlier, the Hawks tied that with 25. So 25 offensive rebounds to the Thunder's love. And this is something that needs to be addressed. And I keep, you mentioned Lou Dort crashing the boards. I think that's a, a really important point. But also, uh, again, Jacob was on the Twitter account tonight. He brought up a really good point. He's like, it seems very clear that the opponents, they know this is a, a issue for the Thunder. And they are crashing the offensive glass hard and taking advantage of that. And that's what really got the Hawks back in the game in the fourth quarter. And, you know, this is something that really needs to be monitored. I think a guy's like Josh Giddy, who is has been a very good uh, rebounder throughout the first couple seasons of his NBA career, but has really struggled early on. Looking at tonight. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. See, Giddy had uh, seven rebounds. Chet had twelve. Again, like you, the low hanging fruit, the thing that like all the national analysts want to talk about is like, well, you have Chet; he's too thin, and right. the Thunder are going to struggle. But that's not the case when when Chet's in the game; he's actually rebounding pretty well, especially tonight. Yeah, it was elsewhere. Uh, guys like Shea, you mentioned Lou Dort trying to crash the boards. He ended up with nine rebounds, which is great to see. But off the bench, the Thunder had. I'm going to try and add these up really quickly. They only had 10 rebounds off the bench total. <laughs> like it, it's a team effort. It's a team issue here. And right. I, I think the Thunder are a better rebounding team than they've shown. But even then, this is obviously an issue. Uh, and I'm just really curious to see how 
if it corrects itself or if there's something else that needs to happen for this. Well, I'm, I'm, I just pulled up the stats to Jalen Johnson tonight had six offensive rebounds. I didn't realize that, but that almost shows that it's less about size. Cause yeah. boy, he's only like six, eight. He's not a huge player. He's tall, but that's he's just, not big. That's just us needing to box out and crash the glass more. I agree completely. It's going to be a team effort. And I think it's something that the Thunder, I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to eventually be a team who's out rebounding their, their opposing teams that they're playing. But if you can make that closer, right? Like uh, we've, it, the Thunder still pulled off. Like, like I said, we're talking about this and the Thunder still won uh, a really impressive game. Like it, you make that closer. And, and this is probably another 20 point game. Like it was there heading into the fourth quarter. Now I mentioned Josh Giddy. Overall, he really struggled offensively. Uh, Josh had, again, I am on a new app and this is really throwing me off now, but he had eight points on four of 13 shooting that was tied for second most on the team behind Chet in terms of shot attempts. Oh wait, sorry. Uh, third because Shea ended up with 20 shot attempts. Chet had 14 and then, uh, dub and Giddy both tied for 13 shot attempts. I actually really like that shot distribution there. But man, he was extremely inefficient yet again. He's driving to the rim, uh, not getting foul calls, which is a big part of that. But at the same time, it seemed like he was forcing a lot. He's been forcing a lot, I think, when he's not getting those calls. He's not playing within the flow of the offense like we've become so accustomed to with Giddy. And I think Giddy continues to struggle. What were your thoughts uh, watching Giddy tonight and even just on the season as a whole? Yeah, I mentioned it at the beginning of the pod, but... Like the thing that stuck out stuck out to me the most was that he just was, he was trying so hard to force himself into the paint to get points early, which at the end of uh, the game on Friday, um, I think he mentioned you know making a, a point to try to get himself going early in the game, and I think you could definitely see that tonight. But he was trying too hard because it was really disrupting the flow of everything. And then I think the beginning of the third quarter is when I texted you, Taylor and said that, you know, Giddy's really struggling. He looks he looks pretty bad. And about right at that time, he actually made a little a little run. And the reason that it worked is because he stopped trying to score and he just played his game. Okay, he played so, with the flow of the offense and it was distributing and he got himself going a little bit just by getting those assists. Agreed. And sorry, not to interrupt you there. I there want you is. to continue. But you bring that up and I was going to mention this. I have this in my my quarter. I still have the quarter by quarter breakdown just because I like referring to some of these plays that I think we'll talk about when we get into these these big themes. But uh, in that third quarter, I have that Giddy started to unravel. Like uh, you and I are both OU fans. Giddy started to unravel like Jeff Levy's offense. A couple <laughs> of awful possessions, uh, a, a awful turnovers. Uh, or sorry, uh, forced attempts. It, it, it was really bad. Uh, and then J-Dub had an outlet pass to him that would have led to more fast break points, and he just completely fumbles it, and it ends up going back to the Hawks, and the Hawks get points off of that. It just seemed like he was completely in his own head. Like you and I have talked a lot about already, it seems like he's really forcing it. However, to your point, he started to get it going there at the end of the third, and that was off a just a simple rebound and put back on the offensive end of the floor. And then... Uh, another Chet block happens. This was an insane, insane stretcher, probably the play of the game. Yeah. I, I trying to remember when this happened. Um, again, it was towards the end of the third quarter, but, uh, Chet had a block. Giddy runs in transition. Uh, he, he kicks it out to Giddy in transition. Uh, Giddy drives into the lane, kicks out to Shea for a wide open three point shot. I mean, just a phenomenal play. That's already making the highlight reels all over social media right now. Uh, that's the Giddy we wanted to see that fits so perfectly within this offense. But then to your point, he continued to struggle, and we didn't see Giddy come back in until two minutes left 
in the fourth quarter. Looking at the minutes, I think we already talked a little bit about this, uh, but Giddy had, let's see, he had 27 minutes, which was the lowest of any starters and only three minutes more than Casey Wallace who came off the bench and played fantastic. Wow. So uh, that's kind of our negatives there are kind of our two big negatives. Let's go ahead and transition. I think it's a really good transition into some of the positives. And I mentioned Casey Wallace. Let's go ahead and start there. Casey continues to be really good. Uh, just again, a guy you can plug and play immediately as a rookie and continues to impact the game at a high level on both ends of the, of the floor. Looking at his stats really quick before we get into a quote that I thought was extremely telling from Mark Dagnall. Uh, Kaysen had only six points. Uh, he was 0 of 3 from 3, which is kind of wild given how great he's been from 3, but 3-6 from the floor, had two rebounds, four assists. Like Kaysen continues to do just at all the... Wait, that doesn't seem right though. Yeah, he was 0 of 3. I thought he hit a 3. I, I think they counted reason. one with his toe on the line. Oh, okay. Gotcha. He hit one from the corner, but I don't think it counted as three. But he continues to do extremely well, spotting up off Shea, Dub, Giddy drives, whoever the point guard is, uh, or whoever the, the player is driving into the rim. Uh, again, he continues to find himself in the right positions, like a veteran. He talks a lot about like learning from Aaron Wiggins and knowing where, where when to cut, uh, where to be when some of these guys, like we mentioned, Dub, Giddy, Shea, have the ball in their hands. Uh, he's continues to fit really, really well. And I think all this was telling, you know, that's just him on the offensive end of the floor. He found himself tonight guarding Trey Young when Dort goes to the bench after guarding both Seth and Clay. All right, I said Seth, Steph yeah. and Clay uh, on Friday night and continue to do a really good job. Just thrown in the fire as a rookie and continues to perform. And I think that really kind of uh, this quote here from Mark Dagnall, we, we know Mark, he doesn't really heat praise on players necessarily. I mean, he obviously he, he encourages them, but especially when it comes uh, like to rookies and young players, he he's very cautious about giving them too much praise. But tonight he said on, on case and Wallace, we trust him on anybody, even at this point in his young career. I think that is extremely telling. Yeah. And I know we're already going long, so I'll be quick, but every time I watch case and play, I'm always reminded of Mark comparing him to Ed Reed. And tonight, it was a perfect example of that because it just always seems like he's in, he's always in the mix. Like no matter what it is, he's always in the right spot, whether it's like off a backdoor cut, like in the dunker spot. And then obviously on defense, like just jumping passing lanes. But I, I can't help myself, but always think back to that, that Ed Reed comparison. Cause that, I mean, he really does play like a free safety. I, I love that completely. I'm trying to remember the play here. Was that in the third quarter? Um, yeah. Okay. This is it. So to end the quarter, uh, Shea had a, to end the third. Shea had like that dirty baseline spin move that we yeah. become so accustomed to. That's one of uh, one of the Thunder couple of games on game winners. Uh, J Will gets a long two to beat the shot clock, but then Kaysen clamps up Trey Young. Uh, Shea gets the rebound, finds Kaysen uh, for a transition slam where Kaysen goes with his offhand and slams uh, in transition to uh, avoid the defender coming up on him. That could have been a foul if he had gone with the right, could have been a block if he went with his dominant hand. He, he's able to get up. He just flushes it with his left. Like, again, just cannot say enough about Kaysen Wallace and the impact that he's had for this Thunder team already. Similar to Kaysen, Hayden, Lou Dort continues to flourish in his role. Uh, Dort tonight had 19 points, six of 10 from the floor, two of five from three, which is crazy because he hit both of those threes early on in the game uh, actually gave him eight consecutive made baskets. Uh, it, it, if you look back to the, the game on Friday, 
Um, cooled off maybe a little bit there from three, but overall just another extremely efficient game from Lou as he continues to do all the things we've become accustomed to on the defensive end of the floor. I mentioned that play, uh, probably the play of the game in the fourth quarter where he blocks Trey Young, which leads to that transition play uh, for the Thunder. I mean, just incredible stuff from Lou Dort. What are your thoughts on Lou tonight and this role that he's he's kind of, uh, he, it seems like he's honed things in. Uh, he's even driving to the rim and instead of, you know, forcing shots and breaking layups off the, the backboard like the past couple of seasons, he's making some incredible reads. And uh, there was two particularly back-to-back offensive possessions, I believe, again, in the second half in that third quarter where the Thunder were really humming. Uh, he finds Shea on one of them, I believe. And then the next one, he finds Chet cutting down the lane. Uh, and, which leads to checking and fouled and two easy free throws. The the thing about Lou that stuck out to me the most is he's just he's playing his game. Even in the past couple seasons, any time he started taking the bad shots where everybody started hating on him, you could just tell like that's not really his complete game. That's not what makes him a good NBA player, right? And this year, he's clearly been talked about it with and how to, like you said, he's just honing in on his role. He's not taking any bad shots, and he's still being Lou. Like on the defensive end, he's still doing what he's always done. And on the offensive end, like you mentioned, he's still making his good cuts. He's shooting at a high clip, which obviously makes a huge difference. But even when he gets in the lane, like you mentioned, he's not just doing his crazy finishing where he's throwing the ball off the backboard. or And hoping for a foul. He's, he seems like the game's slowing down for him which, it, I mean, he's an older player at this point, so it seems like it shouldn't. But that's watching him, it seems like the game has really slowed down for him, and he's playing better off of the other starters. And because of that, he's playing better, but also people are playing off of him, and that really hasn't been a thing in the past. Could not agree more. I, I think you absolutely nailed that. And I find it really telling as well. Like, there's all this – not all this talk. But there's some Thunder fans are wondering, like, ooh, Kaysen Wallace. Like, is that a replacement for Lou Dort when he was drafted? And then it was like, oh, Kaysen Wallace is playing really well. Like, maybe this will happen. Well, guess what? Tonight, we saw quite a few lineups. And again, I don't have these. The minute uh, distribution for lineups pulled up in front of me right now. We saw lineups with Kaysen Wallace and Lou Dort together. And we might see a lot more of that moving forward, especially if the Thunder need a perimeter defense against some of these teams like the Warriors and the Hawks like we saw tonight. Through seven games, Lou's averaging 15.3 points per game. 4.6 4.6 rebounds, uh, one assist, one steal, one block, 56.3% from the four. The biggest one here is 51.4% from three on a 73% at 73 true shooting percentage, which includes the free throws, which has been another knock on Lou uh, in the past. And I mean, he's just been fantastic. But that's also another really good transition here to one of our other positives, which is just the offense as a whole. The offense is really humming for the Thunder through three quarters, which was incredible to see. Uh, I think here, let's just go ahead and break down some of the big shooting stats for the Thunder, and we can get into some some individual perform- for, I can't talk performances as well. The Thunder shot 47% from the four, 45 and 95. But the biggest thing here is they were 14 of 36 from three, 38.9%. This is a theme, even the very small seven-game sample size, Hayden, when the Thunder are making their three-point shots at a high clip like they were tonight. And again, 38% isn't like mind-blowing, but at a efficient clip, maybe right. is is the right term there. They've won all the games that they've won that they that they've shot well from outside. Yeah. No, I mean, when they're like you mentioned, when they're making their shots, they're so good at just creating for others, and especially obviously with Shea when he gets in the lane and everybody's crashing down, being able to have Shea or have Lou um, and Kaysen 
and others out there shooting, obviously Isaiah Joe shooting at, obviously they're not going to shoot 50% for the whole season, but just having them out there shooting at a high clip, like that's going to take this team to a whole nother level, especially if Lou can do that for their, if Lou can put together a 38% plus three point percentage for the full season, like I think this team can be a lot better than even a lot of us are thinking. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. And that, that's kind of was my thought when the Thunder had that ex- explosive third quarter uh, offensively yet again. Uh, also the free throw, uh, free throw percentage. They were 22 to 23, only missed one free throw attempt tonight, which was fantastic. But I have to mention the Hawks had 32 free throw attempts to the Thunder's 23. Yeah. They got more uh, free throw attempts tonight. Shea got more free throw attempts tonight, which is great to see. But as a whole, it seems like they still aren't getting calls. Like, again, we mentioned Josh Giddy, Lou Dork got hacked a couple of times. Uh, a lot of play. It, it just seems like the Thunder aren't getting quite as many calls just because they drive to the rim so often. Uh, it's almost like that the refs don't want to call it because they're constantly driving. And I think it should yeah. be the opposite. Like, they, they should be getting more calls because they are driving so much. I actually had this stat pregame. Uh, the Thunder lead, this was before tonight, but the Thunder led all teams in total drives with 376. Uh, they are at 62.7 drives per game, 35.5 points, which is second in the NBA uh, off drives, and 53% off drives, which is fifth in the NBA, and 5.8 assists off drives, which kind of leads our, to what we were talking about with the three-point percentage. Again, just uh, this is kind of the bread and butter of this Thunder team and the athletes and, and the versatile players that they have. I just would like to see those free throw attempts go up a little bit, I think. Uh, maybe just kind of getting really quickly some individual performances here. Chet wasn't very uh, Chet. Chet was Chet not very. Chet. Chet wasn't Chet. Uh, he he was not very efficient tonight from the floor. Only four of fourteen, and yet he still ends up with sixteen points, twelve re- rebounds, three assists. He had another three blocks. Uh, Chet just continues to be phenomenal for this team, even when he isn't shooting efficiently. Hayden, I mentioned this post game uh i tweeted this out but it seems like i mean again i love 14 shot attempts for chet i think that's perfect when he's hitting those shots from outside like some of those transition threes and, and pull up threes uh, trailing threes that we saw like i don't think it's very long before we see chet with a 30 point game no it's gonna happen and i was a little disappointed tonight because after he missed i think he missed one three earlier in the fourth quarter and then he had an open one in, in later in the fourth and he didn't take it and i was a little disappointed to see that because i in my opinion i think everybody would attest for like we want chet to pull the shot whenever he has the opportunity but i don't think that's going to be an issue going forward just with his confidence i think he's gonna continue to build i agree with that as he plays better and and keep scoring more but i can't help but realize or can't help but think also like he had a play where i'm trying to remember it was in the fourth quarter fairly early on he had just got uh subbed back in and he it was i think it was off a miss shade three he gets the rebound and or maybe shade pass it to him but regardless he drives and actually you know found his way to the rim through multiple defenders he misses the shot and he probably should have kicked it out mark pulls him and doesn't put him in for another, I don't know, three minutes or so. Uh, I can't help but wonder if that's part of it. You know, he marks has a, a big emphasis on playing within the offense and within the Foley offense. Uh, maybe that was kind of some of what we saw there when he hesitated on that shot that you mentioned. Just really quickly, the first Thunder rookie with multiple 15-point, 10-rebound, and three-block games already, only seven games into the season for a Thunder rookie. Uh, just pretty incredible stuff. Also, Shea, I mean, we already talked about Lou obviously 
a dub. We haven't talked about dub, but he had 21 points on like a very quiet 21, but again, just continues to impact the game at extremely high level. Eight of 13 from the four, two of five from three, three rebounds, two assists. Dub was fantastic again. And then the low hanging fruit here, the star of the team, Shea Gilles Alexander, 30 points, eight rebounds, six assists. Only Katie and Russ have more 35 and five games as a Thunder player. Yeah, no, it was good to see Shea back to being his normal self. It was one of those games, which is like the classic Shea game where like, oh, he's having a good game, but you look up and he has 24 points. And you're like, oh, I thought he had 15. And it's just because he's not taking a lot of shots, but when he is shooting, he's making it, right? What'd you say? He was six for 10 for 30 points. 30 points, That's literally, if you could sum Shea up in one stat line, that is it right there. And I think the the most exciting thing is it still seems like Shea hasn't had one of his just like unleashed games. Yeah, like we could exactly. see maybe a forty point game from yeah. Shea here well, in the future. To, I'm to your point, too, he's still he's still not getting his free throws that he should. I mean, I think how many did he shoot today? Six or eight? And I think great points. I at will... least four of them were in the last minute of the game when they were just hacking him. So like, I don't. Dang it! I, I okay. Sorry, I'm gonna go to my other app here that yeah. does show that. Really quickly, sorry for the bad podcasting. Yeah, only five. Uh, I had six free throw attempts. He was five, six from from the free throw line. Uh, Chet actually had one more free throw attempt than Shea and led the entire team with seven free throw attempts. So you're right. Uh, something else to keep in mind, and hopefully he starts to get those calls. Now, Hayden, we've talked a lot about the offensive end of the floor so far tonight, and rightfully so. But I think maybe the biggest positive, the biggest takeaway for this Thunder team, outside the rebounding uh, defensively, was just their defensive performance as a whole. This is from Nick Gallo. He said, one of the better thund- thunder, defense pr- pr- thunder defensive performances of the season. They held a land to just 37% shooting, including 33% from three. Uh, the Thunder turned all those missed shots into runouts. We, I keep talking about this Thunder team's at the best at their best when they're pushing the, uh, the pace, uh, pushing the ball in transition. The Thunder turned all those missed shots into opportunities for a season high 32 fast break points the most for okc since 2019 wow not sure if the listeners remember that 2019 would be the russ and pg final season that's pretty incredible pretty impressive a lot of defensive stats here uh like even the, the first half especially held the hawks at 50 points 29 percent field goal in that first half which both were season lows for atlanta especially in that first half, Hayden, that defense was just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and it all starts with that perimeter defense, getting those stills, deflections, blocks, and, yeah. and the blocks that Chet, oh, I'm rambling here, but Chet's blocks, uh, that led to two fast break opportunities. I mean, Chet is a game changer on the defense yeah. end of the floor for the Thunder. And I think that's one reason you mentioned J-Dub having a good game. This might have been his best game of the season, like complete game for sure. But I think a lot of that was because they played fast, I think he might have had two alley oops in the game, and that's just that's like Dub's game is getting out and running off from the, from a good defensive possession, um, getting on a fast break and finishing through contact, and that's is for one it's fun to watch for a fan perspective. But did, like, if you're gonna form a game plan for Dub, it's getting out in a break and and finishing. And we saw some of those uh, transition points, uh, those transition opportunities where Dubs getting the dunks yep. after stills and deflections. I thought Shea played really well defensively yep. yet again. His defense was severely missed uh, on Friday against the Warriors. Like Shea's really improved defensively yet again this yep. season. Uh, extremely exciting to see. Again, this team is at their best when it starts on the defensive end of the floor and they push that ball in transition. And I, I just thought they were fantastic with that tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. 
So let's see. Uh, I think that's all I have, Hayden. You have any other parting thoughts for another really exciting game that the Thunder ended up pulling off the win? They are now 4-3 on the season. And again, the Hawks have been playing really well. Uh, with that loss for the Hawks and the win for the Thunder, they're both at 4-3 and three, to kind of put things into perspective. This is a much younger team than the Atlanta Hawks, and both of them are at 4-3 and three after that win by OKC. And this is something that uh, Jacob talked a lot about on Sunday's postgame podcast, but or sorry, postgame Sunday's podcast. But that Warriors game, uh, even if they just finish business against the Pelicans, like this team could easily be what six and well, not six and one, but like five and two, maybe six yeah. and one. I mean, um, a lot of close games uh, that, yeah. uh, and, and just really exciting for this young Thunder team through a seven game sample size. Now, Coming up, it gets a little more tough. The Thunder are finally done with their – actually, they're not. Sorry, they have one more home game on Wednesday against the Cavaliers, which is crazy to get, what is it, six straight home games, I think, here. Uh, to start the season is huge for this young Thunder team. has been great to see. Uh, they haven't capitalized on it necessarily, but they did tonight. If they can beat the Cavaliers, I'm a little worried about that game, Hayden. With all, We talked a lot about the rebounds. Jared Allen's healthy again. Uh, you have Evan Mobley down there. It'll be fascinating to see what happens Wednesday. And then Friday, they start their road trip. They go to the Kings uh, before playing the Suns on Sunday. So thank you all for tuning in. Really great. Uh, a ton of comments. A lot of people in the post-game chat. Thank you to Hayden for joining me. Always makes it a lot of fun. Hayden and I have literally been talking about basketball since he was probably old enough to talk, uh, much less playing against each other in the driveway. Always fun to talk under basketball with my brother. Hayden, uh, like I said, thank you all for tuning in. Continue to stay tuned. We'll have you all covered for all these different post games. We'll have our, our group podcast recapping Wednesday's game, and then we will have you all covered for our post game on Friday before our post game on Sunday after the Thunder, or a group podcast on Sunday after the Thunder play the Suns. As always, Thunder up. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.